0: considered the roof and crown of creation. We have uh, different types of beings on earth, right from a tiny little bacteria to huge elephant, different creatures staying in the sea, on land, in sky. Everywhere. But among all of them, human beings, they occupy a special place. Hmm? So congratulations, all of us, for reaching this crown of creation. And we are here on earth for a long, long time and have attained a lot including mobiles we have attained a lot and all that we have attained is uh, recorded in our books of wisdom which we have all over the world some of our achievements are seen in the form of some construction also like the great pyramids and all and beautiful temples and various other structures we see around the world. But many of the achievements we see in human beings themselves, right from the time when we were staying in caves, a very, uh, very, what do you call, uh, life at a very low level, uh, slowly we have evolved in these many years. We have learned to Uh, live more in a comfortable way in more harmony, peacefully as far as possible. So human beings have come and formed various communities, various societies, various nations and have learned to live together. But as a human being, what are we seeking, what are we trying to achieve? We are trying to achieve what um, other beings are also trying to achieve in some way. We are trying to, first of all, we try to survive. We live. We want to exist. There is a great joy in existence. Every being wants to exist. Uh, Very rarely they want to die. So we want to exist in this world. We want to exist more comfortably, more harmoniously. We want to also experience various types of pleasures and joys. So as a human being, we are striving towards better and better standard of living, comfortable, and also better uh, harmony and better pleasures and happiness. But as we uh, look at the world, we find that uh, uh, we have failed in achieving it to the, to the uh, highest extent. Though we have experienced or we have progressed in the world outside, we have uh, been able to conquer the various uh, even forces of nature and uh, have mastered and understood our own body and in the field of medicine, in the field of uh, other scientific field and all, we have progressed. But still we have somehow failed to attain what we really want as a humanity, as for everyone. But even among everyone we see there are rare few who reach a greater height in human evolution. And these beings, we call them the enlightened beings, the yogis, the masters, the mystics, various uh, names are there. They have uh, reached the very height of uh, human evolution. They express that they have, they have attained the state of total freedom from all fears, state of immortality. They express they have attained freedom from all confusion, freedom from all sorrow, freedom from all sense of limitations, Hmm? complete peace and happiness. And they also express that this is the... uh, Birthright or you can say this can be achieved by every one of us. All of us are able to attain this state of total peace, total fulfillment, total perfection in all ways. It's a, it's a ultimate aim and goal of our existence itself. So the books of wisdom of this world And in our own country, we have the Vedas, which which expresses all that we have understood about this world. About the world, about uh, science, about arts, about uh, astronomy, astrology. Various things are there in the books of wisdom, which we call the Vedas. But the culminating or the acme of knowledge is given in what we call the Upanishads, which are at the end portion of the Vedas. And the essence of these Upanishads are revealed in this Bhagavad Gita. I am hmm. giving you the background which I had given before also, but again, so that we know what we are studying. So if one studies this Bhagavad Gita, You don't have to study anything else. Everything is there in this Gita. But it is revealed in a very beautiful way. One has to contemplate and comprehend it completely. It will transform our life. So the story of this Bhagavad Gita begins with, uh, it is there in Mahabharata. So, right in the middle of Mahabharata, we have this Bhagavad Gita revealed to Arjuna. So, Arjuna represents all of us. Arjuna is a representative of all humanity. And Lord Krishna is that Bhagavan Swayam, who is identified with the totality, who is revealing the secret. The one who has given to us the Vedas also, same Lord, has revealed the secret knowledge to Arjuna and through Arjuna to all of us. We find that uh, the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita reveals the condition of uh, of human being at a very low level. Hmm. Arjuna had achieved greatness in the world outside. They were living in the best of uh, conditions, you can say. But internally there was total restlessness. Disturbance. He was uh, attacked by uh, fear, he was attacked by ignorance regarding his own duties and this led to intense sorrow. So sorrow, sense of disturbance, hmm, misery is the main cause or main what you call obstacle or main Problem which is facing all humanity. If we can solve this problem, we have solved everything. Hmm. Uh, Bhagavad Gita says that this is because of our ignorance. We have not understood who we really are. We have not understood what this world really is. We are living as though in darkness. We are living as though in confusion. If we can resolve this confusion, all our problems will get resolved. So, the first chapter is to reveal the problem which is there in front of humanity as such. The second chapter gives the solution. So, if one studies the second chapter completely properly, we will be able to understand where lies the solution? Other chapters are details. Hmm. But second chapter is like a gist of the entire teaching of uh, Bhagavad Gita. Hmm. It's like a homeopathy pill. Very tiny little, but uh, very potent. Hmm. Or any other pill. Some people might not believe in homeopathy. Let us say some allopathy pill. Hm potent pill. So in the second chapter, Bhagwan says that all our problems will be resolved if we understand and know who we really are. Know thyself is the message given by all the saints and sages of the world, not only in India, abroad, in other countries also there were great philosophers who also says that know thyself. One should recognize oneself completely, properly, not superficially. If we live at the periphery of our personality, then it will give rise to various problems. We should be able to understand the various layers of our personality and also the very core, the very center of our personality. So this is uh, revealed in the second chapter. Bhagwan tells Arjuna that you are not what you think you are. You are not what you feel you are. You are something much subtler than that. Suppose I want to know how I look. If I look outside here, there, there, it will not help me to know how I look. Suppose I look at the bird, look at the tree, look at an animal, I will not be able to understand how I look. But I want to see how I look. So there is one object in the world which can show me how I look. What is that? Yeah, mirror. If I look into the mirror, the mirror can show me how I look. Otherwise I keep looking and I will not be able to see how I look. Similarly, in order to know who I am, by just uh, feeling. Feeling tells us about the world outside, about the objects. Seeing, perception also is the perception of the world of objects only. So my perception, my feelings, my thinkings will not help me to understand who I am. Because they are just thoughts, they are just objects. So, therefore, there is, uh, naturally, one doesn't, is not born wise. We are born with a misunderstanding about our own self. There is a natural misunderstanding about our own self. We are born with that ignorance, born with that misunderstanding. Therefore, there is a need for us to recognize and understand. So, in the second chapter, Bhagavan revealed to Arjuna That you are that self which is pure existence, pure consciousness and pure bliss. What is called in Sanskrit as Sat, Chit and Ananda Swarup, Atma. You are that Atma who is Sat, pure existence, Chit, pure consciousness and Ananda, pure bliss which is neither born nor does it die because there is no modification takes place in it. It is not matter. Atma is not a matter. Atma is not made up of time. It, time doesn't have any effect on it. Atma is not some object and like any other object of this world. So it is something subtler and that is your real nature. You are that. But at present we are identified with our, with our, with this body, mind, intellect and feel that we are someone else. So after revealing this knowledge of the self, Bhagavan tells Arjuna, just by listening to it you will not experience it, you will not be able to abide in it. In order to abide in it, you will have to follow the path or spiritual sadhana what we call yoga. You will have to follow the path of yoga. And the first step is the path of karma yoga, which will slowly and steadily take you to this state of enlightenment when you will be able to recognize yourself as you are. Then you live in this world as an enlightened being. If all of us live in this world as enlightened beings, then it will be good. At least now we have understood that we have to live as educated being. People have recognized the importance of education. Even in the in few years back, people were not so much conscious of or they did not understand the importance of education. They said, kar, Sometimes they were not giving importance for a, uh, education of a girl child. Shadi karke to jana hai. But now people have understood that education is important. It will be important for your shadi also. It will be important for your job, but it will be important, it is important for your life, living. But education lacks that enlightenment. An enlightened being is a happy being, peaceful being and the whole world will become more harmonious and peaceful. Just literacy will not solve the problem of this world. Lot of literate people are fighting. Lot of literate people are involved in wars. Literate people are involved in various types of crime. In fact, lot of dangerous crimes are performed by more literate people only. So literacy itself will not solve the problem of this world What is required is enlightenment. So Bhagwan says in the second chapter that you follow this path of Karma Yoga, which will slowly and steadily make your mind more and more calm and peaceful, which will lead you to the knowledge, you will get the understanding theoretically of the self, which will further lead you into the state of meditation, And in that state of meditation, what we call nirvikalpa samadhi, you will be able to recognize yourself. And once you have recognized yourself, you live in this world as an enlightened being blessing the whole world. Bhagavan says, like me, hmm, you can bless the whole world. So after listening to this beautiful discourse of the second chapter, Arjuna got this doubt that why not uh, directly live like an enlightened being? Why perform any action at all? If ultimately I have to gain enlightenment, then why not just be enlightened? Forget about this war and all. Forget about all this work. Let me directly sit in that state of meditation only. Therefore, this question was asked in the third chapter, regarding the relationship of action and this ultimate state of realization. If ultimate state of realization is the ultimate and supreme, why act? Bhagavan says that action will lead you to that state. If you drop action, you will not reach that state of realization. Action is a means, it's a path, it's a stepping stone. So you have to follow this. So that was elaborately explained in the third chapter. Bhagavan explained the path of Karma Yoga. In Karma Yoga, simple things are there that we have to perform our duties, whatever, according to our, our state in the world, according to our own nature of a body, mind, intellect one has to perform one's duties, responsibilities in this world, and those responsibilities have to be carried forward as a worship of the Lord, who is the totality. So two things, duties, swadharma, and dedication to that Lord. Hmm. That way, four or five things I had mentioned. Hmm? I don't know whether you remember. Do you remember? Five things of Karma Yoga. Samatva Buddhi. swadharma Buddhi. Samarpan Buddhi. Asanga Buddhi. Prasada Buddhi. Hmm. So, in this swadharma buddhi means we have to perform our duties. And I had explained elaborately, the duties are our responsibilities towards ourselves and the world around us. And this has to be performed as our worship of God with the totality. God is totality. Hmm. As our dedication to God. And whatever result comes, take it as Prasad. This will help us not only to gain uh, whatever we want in this world, but it will make our mind more and more peaceful and we will become fit to meditate and recognize ourselves. So this was elaborately explained and then the third chapter also Bhagwan explained to Arjuna the main cause of uh, us not following this path is our intense desire. Kama isha, krodha isha. And our coming under the sway of our likes and dislikes. So, Bhagwan want Arjuna that don't come under the sway of your likes and dislikes. We cannot escape likes and dislikes. All of us are born with likes and dislikes. Only thing Bhagwan says, don't come under the sway. You." Know what you have to do, what is right, and just do it, whether you like it or not. That is called not coming under the sway of likes and dislikes. But when we come under this sway, we are overpowered by what we call karma and krodha. So, elaborately Bhagavan explained how they create obstacles in our path and how to overcome them. And thus concluded the third chapter. Now what is the need for the fourth chapter? Two things. One is, in Karma Yoga it was said that we have to dedicate our actions to Ishvara. Hmm. So question naturally comes in our mind that who is Ishvara? Hmm. Who is God? Is there a God? And if there is God, who is God? See, the term God or Ishwara has come from our scriptures only, so we have to ask them. Just like some technical terms are there, like in science also we have certain technical terms, we have to check it in the scientific books only. Similarly, this term Ishwara has come from the scriptures, from the enlightened beings, so we have to find out who is this Ishvara. So the nature of Ishwara is revealed little bit In this fourth chapter, but more elaborately, it will be revealed from seventh chapter onwards. To seventh onwards till twelfth chapter, Bhagavan reveals his own nature. But here is the, briefly, the nature of Ishvara is revealed. Then, the second question which we have is, exactly what is my duty? How to, how to know what I have to do? How to know, how to recognize and understand my own nature so that I will be able to understand what are my duties? That is also a very important question. So in Karma Yoga, these two things are there. We have to perform our duties and dedicate to God. So what are our duties and who is God to whom we have to dedicate? These questions are Answered In this fourth chapter, here Bhagwan reveals his nature and also he uh, reveals some more sadhana which will help us to further purify our mind. So, a lot of other upasanas or other spiritual sadhanas are also revealed which will help us to further purify our mind. And the fourth chapter concludes by giving us the importance of knowledge and how to gain that knowledge. So, that is briefly the uh, fourth chapter. As we go along, we will understand more about it in detail. So, let us begin. Okay? So, let us chant the verses. Oh! Shri Paramatmane Namaha Atha Caturthodhyaya Shri Bhagavan Vacha Imam Vivasvate Yogam Prokta-vāna-ham-avvayam prokta viva svan man manurikshvaka ve, ve, Manu ve, Manu ve, Manu ve ah, Together Imam vivasvate yogam prokta Viva Svan Praha, ah. So fourth chapter, Shri Bhagavan Vacha. Bhagavan, after revealing the entire teaching of Bhagavad Gita in the second and the third chapter, Bhagavan here gives the parampara of this knowledge. See, when uh, generally this ancient text, when they are revealed, they also reveal the parampara from where it has come and all. So Bhagwan, and also he creates this uh, uh, opportunity for Arjuna to ask question about himself, about the Lord. So Sri Bhagwan vacha Bhagwan says, This imam yogam, this yoga which I have taught you, here he uses the term yoga in a singular, uh, means there's both karma yoga, jnana yoga, all this uh, dhyana yoga, everything, he calls it as yoga only. So that which was revealed in the second chapter, and in the third chapter, this knowledge of how to perform this karma, and then finally how to reach that state of enlightenment. So this knowledge which I have revealed to you of which is imperishable, this knowledge is imperishable, or this knowledge is about that supreme truth which is imperishable. It is about that Atma which is imperishable. So this knowledge which I had revealed to you, imam viv- yogam vivasvate proktavan aham that same knowledge I had given long time ago to Vivaswan. This knowledge which I gave you, I had given this, I myself had given this knowledge to Vivaswan. Vivaswan means Lord's Son. Lord's son is called Vivaswan. Hmm. That Vivaswan, that word, in that word, that uh, root is there, Vasa. Vasa means one who recites. Who recites very well. Or who, uh, what you call, uh, illumines everyone. It's called Vivaswan. He says, I revealed this knowledge to Lord's Son. Achcha. Then what happened? Vivaswan Manave praha and Vivaswan gave this knowledge to Manu. Manu is the our ancestor, the first what you call human being you can see, from whom all these human beings. Evolved. Manu and Shatarupa, husband and wife, and all of us are his progenies. Therefore, we are called Manusha. We are born from Manu. He is the first human being. So, Manu. Then Manu gave this knowledge to his son. Ikshvaku, he had a son, he had many sons, so to his eldest son, Ikshvaku, he gave this knowledge. So in this way, in this parampara, this knowledge has come. I gave this knowledge to the Lord's son, he gave it to Manu, Manu gave it to Ikshvaku. See, this itself created a doubt in Arjuna's mind, which he will ask. It might have created doubt in your mind also, but we will wait for that doubt to come. Hmm. So, uh, this uh, in on Earth, we have uh, what we call the solar dynasty and the lunar dynasty. Hmm. And the fire dynasty is also there. So Bhagwan Sri Ram is born in that Solar Dynasty. Bhagwan Krishna himself is born in the Lunar dynasty. The great dynasties. So Solar Dynasty began with Lord Sun and so many great kings were born and then it uh, this knowledge also flowed in that uh, in that uh, Parampara, in that royalty. So, Vivasvan, Manu, Ikshvaku, they were all Kshatriyas. So, this is a Kshatriya parampara which Bhagavan is revealing here. If you study Upanishad, some of them mention the Brahmana parampara also. But here, Bhagavan is revealing the Kshatriya parampara of this knowledge. Arjuna himself was a Kshatriya, so he will appreciate it more properly. Let us um, go a little uh, deeper into this uh, words, though more uh, will be revealed as we come to understand Bhagavan's own uh, nature later on. So here uh, Vivasvan also means that one who resides in all, and one who resides in all is that Hiranyagarbha, Bhagwan Himself, as intelligence. Bhagwan Himself means that supreme reality itself, as intelligence, as awareness, which resides in all beings, is called Vivaswan or Hiranyagarbha. Hmm. All beings, like human being, animal, bird, plant. All of them have intelligence in them hmm. which is that awareness which is not dull but it is intelligent. It's like a, a tiny little seed we take. That seed is intelligent. There is matter but it is not just matter, it is intelligent. Intelligence packed in that matter. Matter is just the dress of that intelligence. That seed knows more about life than anybody else, uh, than our outer intellect. The seed knows how to create a tree. The seed knows how to make the various uh, parts of the tree, the, the, the trunk, the branches, the leaves, the flowers, the fruit. The tree, the seed knows how to create another seed or more seeds of its own kind. That intelligence is not there in the mitti which, in which we, of course the mitti also has got its own intelligence, but how to create that seed, I mean tree, that intelligence is there in that seed. Similarly, all beings have that intelligence in them which is common, which is all-pervading, which is same everywhere. That intelligence is called here as Vivasvan, who resides in all, who is bright and brilliant like the sun, who is not inert, but who is that consciousness, as awareness, as intelligence. Hmm. So from that supreme reality alone that knowledge has come in that intelligence, in this cosmic intelligence also. When we say Shri Bhagavan we mean that supreme reality, such is ananda sarup, atma or brahma. From that only that knowledge has come in that cosmic intelligence. Many many Creatures are there in this world and slowly and steadily we um, had this uh, great uh, uh, miracle taking place in this world and a human being or human evolution began and what is the speciality of the human evolution is our mind, ability to think, ability to communicate. Ability to, we have created language. Ability to understand past, future, to uh, contemplate, to judge, to compare, to predict. So all this lies in our mind. Human being is, you can say, a mind, man. That word man also has come, I think, probably from Manu only. Hmm. Man or Man. Hmm. We spell Man also as M-A-N only. So, human being is nothing but Man. Various words are used for creatures like Jantu or Prani. Hmm. So, Jantu means a very low type of creature, only having the physical form, but no, not much awareness of the world around. Then we have higher type of being who breathe also, pranis, but the highest is the manush who has got mind, intelligence, intellect, ability to think, to judge, to contemplate, to imagine. So this man also, this mind also got this knowledge from whom? From this cosmic intelligence only. From the cosmic intelligence alone, the mind has got the knowledge. Hmm. In fact, when our mind becomes calm, quite peaceful, the cosmic intelligence reveals this knowledge in that mind. Most of the discoveries which we have in this world by great scientists also happen when their mind became absolutely conducive, peaceful, and thing got revealed. Eureka! Suddenly it got revealed in their mind. And sometimes we find that same discoveries happen in all over the world, various places. Some four or five scientists, together they discover. Then they start claiming that I discovered it first. Because that conducive atmosphere is there for that cosmic intelligence to reveal this knowledge in the individual mind. Like we have uh, the radio station which is, which is broadcasting the song, but when we tune our radio set properly, then suddenly it gets revealed there. It is ready to receive. So mind is a receiver, not a creator of knowledge. Human beings, I mean human mind, human intellect is not creators of knowledge, they are receivers. We have understood wrongly that we are the creators of knowledge. Scriptures say we are receivers of knowledge. So the cosmic intelligence, the knowledge is there, gets revealed in this mind and intellect. And once this knowledge gets revealed in mind and intellect, it further is imparted to our senses. So, Ikshu means Ikshvaku. It is made up of two words, if you look at it. One is Ikshu and Vak. Ikshu means eyes. Vak means uh, speech. Ikshu represents all our organs of perception and walk represents organs of action. So from this mind only, the knowledge then further goes to uh, the senses. So symbolically, if we look at this words, then it means that this knowledge, Bhagwan says, I have revealed it myself, I have revealed it in this cosmic intelligence. From this only it has come to the mind, And from this only it comes to your senses, means it comes out into action. So if we don't interfere, this knowledge flows in this way. But outwardly also we can look at it as a traditional knowledge which has come down from the great masters. The masters revealed it to their student and in this way this knowledge has come. So Bhagavan says, this knowledge I had revealed in the good old days, but what was the necessity of revealing it now again to Arjuna? That he says in the next verse. evam parampara praptam evam imam Sakali neha mahatah Sakali neha mahata. Yogo, parantapa. Yogo parantapa Evam parampara praptam Imam yo viduhu Sakali neha mahatah Yogo parantapa Hā evam, in this way, this knowledge has come through this parampara, parampara praptam, imam viduhu, parampara means through tradition, the teacher teaching it to the student, the student also becomes a teacher, teaches it to his students, so through tradition this knowledge has come. In fact, our uh, the most beautiful part of our own culture in India is these great traditions which we have. Uh, and they are still living, living traditions. Nobody claims that knowledge is there. They say, I have learnt it from my guru. The guru says, I have learnt it from my guru. And ultimately, they say the knowledge has come from God only. Nobody claims knowledge. Nobody means wise people don't claim knowledge. Ignorant people claim knowledge. <laughs> hmm. Wise people don't claim knowledge. They say we are just, we are mouthpiece, we are just uh, instrument. Even Tulsidas Ji, after uh, uh, writing the whole Ramayana, he says, I have just written in my hand mode, but it has been revealed by lord shiva lord shiva is the author of this ramayana sincerely believes it's not just for sake of saying it he says it's not my i cannot claim this knowledge my hands cannot claim this knowledge my mouth cannot claim this knowledge my mind cannot claim this knowledge of course it flowed through me but i am not the originator of this knowledge it is revealed by the lord only I only became a good instrument in his hand. Just like that morli. When it is totally empty, Bhagavan plays through that modali. The modali cannot claim that this music belongs to me. Flute cannot claim that, oh, this is my raga, you know. It is the the person who is playing is totally different from that modali. Otherwise, it is just baas ka tukada hai holes. Hmm. So, this um, knowledge is uh, not created by human mind, but it is revealed to us. So, this is called parampara, right from Bhagwan, it starts from para, para means supreme, and apara means lower, higher to lower is called parampara. Para means higher, apara means low, higher to low. Just like water flows from high place to low place. Like the stone which is up on the mountain, it rolls down. But it should have that potential. So that potential is there in that stone when it is high up. It rolls down in a natural way. Similarly, from that highest, which is Paramatma, that knowledge has come into cosmic intelligence. Cosmic intelligence, you can say, is the mind of God. Total mind. You can say it's mind of God. From that cosmic mind, it has come to individual mind. From individual mind, it has come to our senses. That is how the knowledge flows. That is the parampara. So, evam parampara praptam. But outwardly also... Uh, We have various masters who have gained this knowledge and they revealed it to their students. We have uh, parampara or this tradition of teacher and student. We also have parampara of family, father giving this knowledge to sons. So, the parampara ran in the family also. Hmm. Even in music we have various gharanas, they call it. So, in families the parampara ran. So, Bhagwan says that this is a great parampara which uh, happened in the royal family, Raj, Rajarshi. Rajarshi means who are Raja also and Rishis also. Rajarishis. Rajarshi. Rishis means who have understood or to whom this knowledge got revealed. They are called Rishis. And who are also king in this world. So they are called King Rishis or Rajarshis. There was, like Narajji is called Devarshi, because he is devta also and Rishi also. Some who are Brahman and still Rishis, they are called Brahmarshis. And those who are Raja and Rishis, they are Rajarshis. So Bhagwan says, in this royal family, uh, this whole knowledge has come, parampara evam parampara praptam imam rajarsayo viduhu. So great Rajarshis knew about this knowledge, and it came down from top to till this time. But when uh, any parampara, whether this parampara of knowledge or any other parampara, with the passage of time, it gets little spoiled. So Bhagwan is not blaming any particular person, he is not blaming any particular community, he is not blaming any particular caste or nation. He says Sakale because of the long passage of time, this yoga which I have revealed to Vivaswan, to that Lord's Son, got little spoiled in the present time. Hmm. Actually when our mind and intellect is not, uh, not pure enough, that pure knowledge doesn't get revealed. It gets, it gets uh, polluted with our own selfishness, with our own likes and dislikes, with our own uh, pride, prejudices. It gets polluted. It doesn't get uh, revealed in its natural glory. So Bhagwan says, this knowledge which I had given long time ago, because of the long passage of time, lot of misunderstandings and lot of confusion uh, got created in the world. During Arjuna's time, during this Mahabharata time, even now actually it, was, it is there, but during that time also lot of confusion. Because it's like uh, even in the parampara of music, the teacher must have revealed that wonderful raga, but by the time it is understood by the student and he teaches to his student, it might get destroyed like. You start with one raga and it will end with some other raga only. And this you can do as experiment, which we have this like Chinese whisper, no? You start with one saying, one sentence at one end. By the time you get it again, that statement from some other person, will be totally different. You will be shocked and surprised. You may faint also. So Bhagwan, because he is Bhagwan, he did not faint, but he was surprised that I revealed this wonderful knowledge. And now look at this society. They are totally confused regarding their duties. They are confused regarding the nature of their self. They are confused regarding their values. Value system has gone down. Everything, everywhere there is chaos. And he's not blaming any one person. He says because of the long passage of time. So now and then, later Bhagwan will reveal, now and then Bhagwan himself have to come to, again, refresh. Like we have on our computer also, we have to refresh. Hmm. So refreshing. Bhagwan says, refresh to our knowledge. Even in that parampara of our electricity, it starts, generates at one place and it travels long distance. But as it flows, it gets lost. So much of electricity gets lost in traveling. If we can discover some other way of of, uh, transporting this electricity without uh, loss, it will be good. But it gets lost. So now and then they have to put little generators or transformers or such things on the way so that they can again enhance that and transport it further. Similarly Bhagavan says that long passage of time destroyed almost, destroyed means it created misunderstanding in this knowledge, misunderstanding itself, destruction of knowledge. Good knowledge gets spoiled by misunderstanding. Hmm. And we don't understand it properly, we are spoiling that knowledge. Ignorance sometimes is better. At least the knowledge remains safe somewhere. Hmm. But wrong understanding spoils it totally. So, sakale neha Yogo nashtap parantapa, so this great knowledge, hey parantapa, oh destroyer of, of your enemies and all, oh mighty warrior Arjuna, this is because of the great passage of time, nobody can help it. This yoga got destroyed, it got spoiled. Therefore, he says, Saevayam maya tedya. Yoga prakta puratanaha. Bhaktosime sakha Rahasyam jetaduttamam sa eva yam maya yoga prokta puratanah bhakto simes khacheti <laughs> therefore sa eva the same knowledge which is there in this which i had revealed in this cosmic intelligence which i have given to lord sun the same knowledge, sa eva ayam maya te yoga prokta puratana. This puratana, this most ancient knowledge, I have revealed to you now. Mayate te adhya yoga prokta. Same knowledge has been revealed to you. Nothing new. It is the same old thing. It may appear new to you because of all this misunderstanding and all spoiled thing and all. It's like the water which falls from the sky. I mean, rain, huh? Poetic way of saying water falls from the sky. may not be so poetic. Anyway, the water which falls from the sky is pure. Ah. The filtered, I mean, uh, distilled water-like. So it gets evaporated from the ocean, all the salt is left behind, not salty water, salt is left behind, pure distilled water goes up, it is in that pure state and it falls down. But as it falls down, first it gets uh, contaminated by all the, uh, the bad uh, pollutant which is there in the sky itself, all the various types of gases which are there. Revealed, I mean, uh, which comes out from our factories and all. It gets polluted there. Then it falls on the earth and it gets uh, contaminated by the soil and the dirt. So by the time it comes and we look at that water, during rainy season, if you look at water in a particular place accumulated, you'll be shocked like, Are? How bad water is So when we filter it again and all, then we will get that pure water again. Similarly, this pure knowledge got contaminated because of this passage of time. Therefore, Bhagavan says, I have revealed the same knowledge to you. Sa eva, I yoga, So Arjuna was very happy. But he had a doubt in his mind that why you revealed this to me? Out of all these people, why to me? Bhagwan says two reasons. One is that you are my bhakt bhaktosi me and sakha cheti. Two very beautiful. One is that Arjuna is a kshatriya. See this when knowledge, a beautiful knowledge, Bhagwan wants not only for that person, but he wanted to go to everyone. Therefore, it has to be revealed to someone who is capable of spreading this, of communicating, of giving this to others also. And Bhagwan felt that Akshatriya, having that proper power and ability with him, will be able to do justice to it. So in this Kali Yuga, before the beginning of Kali Bhagwan gave this knowledge to Akshatriya king. Hmm. He did not give to Brahman. I have no, I mean, I am not trying to open a debate here, but uh, Bhagwan revealed it to a Kshatriya. A Kshatriya is one who has got both the qualities of a Sattvagun as well as Rajagun. See, a person predominantly Sattvic, we will come to that portion, predominantly Sattvic is, is Brahman. But sattva guna, pure sattva guna or pre Raman sattva guna is a goody-goody nice person. A goody-goody nice person is goody-goody. <laughs> but may not be able to communicate and establish this in the world. May have his own difficulty. Hmm. Therefore Bhagavan revealed his knowledge to Arjuna who has got both the, the sattva guna also which is goodness, but Rajogun also, that ability to express and work, Hmm. both are required. Then only it can move because that knowledge has to move. So to movement, Rajogun is required. And knowledge has to be understood for that satvagun is required. So both are required. Only satvagun is there. No Rajogun, it will not move. People will understand, but nobody else will benefit from it, directly. Indirectly, they will. Directly, they may not. So, Rajagun and Sattvagun together is required for the propagation of this knowledge. So, Bhagwan first of all, revealed it to Arjuna because of that reason. But here he gives the reason. He says, you are my Bhakta and you are my Sakha. Therefore, I told you. I could have told it to Duryodhana, but he is neither my bhakta nor my saka. First of all, he would have looked at me surprisingly why he is telling me this knowledge. So Duryodhana is not a fit candidate for this. Though he was a kshatriya himself, but not a good kshatriya. Bhagavan did not reveal this to Yudhishthira also, to Bhim also, because they were actually, he felt that he did not create confusion in their mind there was no confusion in the mind of uh, yudhishthir no confusion in the mind of bhima also they knew that what they have to do and they just did it arjuna bhagwan felt that arjuna is the best candidate he had a more personal and a better rapport with arjuna arjuna was a great devotee of the lord he was he was great. He did not know his greatness till Bhagwan revealed his nature here in Bhagavad Gita, but he had a, a, a natural, spontaneous liking and love for Bhagwan Sri Krishna. Just from the time he met him, he developed that great affection for Lord Krishna, and he used to constantly remember him. Once, uh, there is a story when Arjuna was sleeping and Bhagwan he was murmuring something. So, Bhagavan went to hear what he said and he was saying, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Very sweet. They are like very close. Therefore, in the 10th chapter, Bhagavan reveals that, hey Arjuna, you are my own self. Among all the Pandavas, you are my own self. You are very dear to me. You are my vibhuti. Hmm. So, Arjuna had great affection for Lord Krishna. But at the same time, he was his great friend also. Both the things, Sakha and Bhakta. See, a Bhakta, devotion, is, uh, is a very wonderful thing. But in a devotion, what happens, that uh, we consider the other person as someone... Exalted and great, which is good. Like we say, hum ke hai, or we are the bhakta of our nation. So we raise that uh, person or that uh, object and all to a very high level. Above us, we don't consider equal. He says. So this great reverence is there. So that type of reverence was there in Arjuna's mind. Both respect as well as love, the reverence. But at the same time, he also had this great relationship. He looked at Bhagavan as his friend also. In fact, Lord Krishna looked at him as his friend. And Arjuna also had this feeling that he is my friend. And in friendship, what happens, we consider the other person as equal we are we are willing to reveal our inner secret also a friendly relation is a different relationship a relationship of a, a devotee and a god is different we are we are ready to do namaskar but we will go and talk about our intimate thing to our friend hmm so Arjuna was bhakta of Bhagwan but at the same time friend of Bhagwan also and that is the relationship which one has to have with our teacher our Bhagwan became Arjuna's teacher here and Arjuna became the student the student should have reverence in supreme reverence for the teacher should not consider the teacher as equal मेरा buddy buddy should always have that Reverence, bhakta. But at the same time, should also be able to de- develop the relationship of a friend that he is able to reveal himself completely. And that's what Arjuna did. As a kshatriya, as a well known and a respected person in the society, for Arjuna to say to Krishna that oh I am feeling little nervous you know my head is little shaking and I am getting frightened to say this is not a not a joke and this he will say only to a person who is very close to him who will not misunderstand him who will not go and say Arjuna dekho yaar yeah, Krishna Bhagavan did not tell others. Hey, kya hod? sharam bhi aati. He did not say like that. <laughs> what he said, only to him he said, gamap partha, that you are behaving in this way. Not good for you. So it's a beautiful relationship wherein there is reverence and there is that uh, e- e- equality also he felt wherein he was able to reveal the Whatever is there in his mind. Therefore Bhagavan says, I have revealed this knowledge to you. You will understand. Because of your bhakti, you will not doubt. You will not doubt my teaching. But because of friendship, you will not accept it also. You will ask question. But not with a doubting mind. But questioning mind. To understand. You will not say that, oh Bhakvasi, I don't believe you. No, you will say that I did not understand this. Therefore, that is what in the third chapter also, Arjuna says that, oh Bhagwan, I did not understand what you said. It, it appears to be confusing little bit to me. So please, make it clear to me. So great reverence, at the same time great rapport so bhakto si me sakha cheti rahasyam hetaduttamam this great supreme rahasya supreme secret it is called secret because it is uh, it is really a secret all of us sitting here unless it was told to us and and revealed to us we will not even think about it that such a great self i am my nature is such great and such sublime will not even dream about it in our dreams. And even after being revealed, we don't comprehend it fully. If so it is called a top secret. So this secret I have revealed to you, hey Arjuna. And thus Bhagavan concludes here his teaching in a way. Huh. The next so shloka is Arjuna's question and then again the whole topic begins. But, uh, as though he concludes his teaching which he began on the, in the twelfth, I mean in the second chapter, eleventh verse. That is where Bhagwan began his teaching and he continued in the third chapter also and here he gave the parampara and he concluded. So if we count from the 11th shloka of the second chapter till this third shloka, there are 108 verses are there. These 108 verses are like a mala. In our mala also, japa mala also there are 108 beads are there. So these are like 108 verses they are like malas bhagwan says you constantly chant them and remember them and you will know everything whatever has to be known hmm. so bhagwan after saying this he keeps quiet he feels that now everything is over arjuna will pick up his bow and arrow and start fighting but then arjuna did not he had this doubt and what was his doubt? And this doubt then starts a new topic. Let us read Arjuna's doubt or Arjuna's question. Arjuna Vacha Aparam, Aparam, Aparam Bhavato Janma Param Janma Vivasvataha katham etad vijaniyam tvamadau proktvani aparam bhavato janma param janma vivasvatah katham etad vijaniyam ha arjuna vacha the word Arjuna also means one who is straightforward, very clear in his heart. Hmm. So he after listening to Arjuna uh, Bhagwan Krishna, he got this doubt that here Bhagavan Krishna is saying that he revealed his knowledge to Lord's son. Even if physically if we take Lord's son is the first. Before our solar system was born, the Lord's sun was born. Then the entire solar system was born. Then our earth and all and all the uh, living creatures. So we are the sons and daughters of Lord's sun. In fact, all the material which is there in our body also has been born in the sun. lot of our elements are born in the sun. So we are, even physically, we are the children of Lord's Son. Scientifically also, looking at it. So, here Bhagwan Krishna, Arjuna felt that he was born now. Thode saal pehle. Mere se thode se bade hai. And Lord's Son, long time ago, how come he gave this knowledge to him? Bhagwan Shankaracharya has written a beautiful commentary on Bhagavad Gita, and in which he says that this is not really Arjuna's question, but Arjuna felt that others may have this question. Others might get this in their mind, and they will simply doubt the Lord. Also, he wanted Bhagwan to reveal his nature, so that everyone comes to know who he really is. So he asked this question. That Aparam Bhavato Janma, your Janma was Aparam, recent. And Param Janma Vivasvataha, and vivaswan, the Lord's Son, was born much, much before, hmm. prior to you. So, his question with lot of respect, see. How should I understand, how should I understand that you taught this to Lord's Son? He is not saying that you are wrong and you are simply lying and I don't believe you and don't talk to me. Nothing like that. He says, how can I understand? Because I am not understanding. These are confusing statements. So I am not understanding. So how can I understand what you are saying? I am not saying what you are saying is wrong. So, katham etad vijaniyam. Swam, that you alone have taught this in the beginning. Because I don't remember even my past, my childhood. And you are talking about, even before you have this Janma as a Krishna, you are talking about some long time ago. So how can I understand that you alone have revealed this knowledge? So please tell me, who are you? Sometimes it's very strange. One may live with a person for a long time without knowing who that person is. Suddenly then sometimes we ask, Who are you? People actually, when their little child is born and all parents, they look at him and wonder, Who is this fellow? Where was he? From where he has come? This special personality, this different thing. From where that fellow has come? So similarly here Arjuna asked this question and now from the next verse onwards Bhagavan reveals his nature, who he really is and we will be very amazed to know who Bhagavan Krishna is. Hmm. So he reveals it briefly and then the same thing is then elaborately explained or revealed in the later chapters also from seventh chapter onwards. But these are very interesting and important verses. Some of the very famous verses will come now. We will see them tomorrow.